Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Wendy Sellers here and JC. Hi. We're here today talking about a not necessarily fun topic about discrimination and harassment. And as I mentioned in our first, uh, the beginning of the podcast here is I really want to drive home the, pay, the, the topic that it's way more than uh, only sexual harassment. But, but let's talk about sexual harassment and what does the term sex mean? What do you think it means? Mm, probably things that we really can, can't talk about on this podcast, but I have a <laughs> mindful of ideas. Yeah. And I mean, most people do think, uh, you know, it's the old school traditional terminology of a, of a male hitting on a, on a female at work, a coworker and, or, you know, maybe a supervisor, a male supervisor saying to another, another supervisor or an employee, Hey, if you do this or go out with me, then I'll let you keep your job or I'll promote you. But, Oh, like a, like a straight up quid pro quo of this for that. Yep. Quid pro quo. If you haven't heard of that, that is one of the types of sexual harassment, which again, like JC just said, it means this for that. It's illegal. It's discrimination. And you will definitely be hearing from, I'm sure, a lawyer or the EEOC. And even if your your um, employees say, you know what, I'm just not even going to file a lawsuit. I'm just going to walk away. And that's expensive too. It's incredibly expensive, as we all know, especially since the, the beginning of the pandemic. But even before then, it's so expensive to hire people and replace people. It's a lot cheaper to handle the situation and do training as well. So prevention is the best tool to eliminate harassment in the workplace. It's pretty much the only tool you have to train people, everybody, not just your managers. JC, have you worked in organizations where you've had to go through harassment prevention training, even if you're not at a supervisor? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, where I'm at in the Northeast, they do have some state laws in effect that now mandate things at a different level, too. Oh, really? Yeah. In New York State, they've got some mandatory trainings that you have to take for uh, sexual harassment training overall, harassment in general. And that discussion about people that don't, you know, it, it doesn't even necessarily have to be someone that you work with. It could be someone that's coming in for the day, like a person filling the vending machine or the postal service worker or UPS driver. Could be anyone. Yeah, absolutely. I, I pulled up a case uh, uh, that just happened or just got settled, I should say, in June of this year, 2022. And it was uh, own, the owner of several Vermont McDonald's settled sexual harassment case for $1.6 million. Oh, my gosh. You know, in this one, the commission alleged that franchise owner uh, failed to protect 
the employee from a hostile work environment based on sex and from retaliation by a supervisor after she complained of discrimination, Wendy. And the interesting thing with the things like that, like McDonald's, uh, you know, a, a lot of people may not 100% realize that when they're franchised uh, and maybe there's a, you, an owner owns a couple McDonald's, they're separate from the corporate McDonald's. And so I think when we see these kind of kind of headlines of any kind of, you know, chain restaurant, so to speak, or chain you know, retail establishment, we're like, wow, these these organizations are huge. I can't believe they didn't have a harassment policy in place or harassment training, but they're franchises. So they're independently owned. Uh, the, the owner usually owns one or a couple locations. And now McDonald's as a whole, their brand is tarnished because they didn't put in place maybe some training that they could sell and push down to the local local establishments. But I, for one, when I see things on the news, whether it's McDonald's, things are going on with religion or politics, with the, you know any of the, the type of organizations that we swing through for a coffee, I know I personally say I'm not going to go there anymore. The interesting thing with this one, too, Wendy, the Vermont uh, Deputy Attorney General published a written statement stating that the settlement in this case sets the tone for employers to recognize their duty to keep workers safe, respect their dignity, and provide a workplace free from discrimination. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Right? They, uh, it's not. The attorney general actually joined the suit as a plaintiff, alleging that the employer also violated state employment law above and beyond uh, the initial allegations that were set forth. So there's One a lot that, that I- could happen. There really is. And, and it's, and it's going to kill your business. You know, it, it may not destroy your business completely. Maybe a lot of people don't care if there's harassment at, at your business and it's in the news because they still want your product or service. But, uh, you know, the the community members and I, I hate using this word are are, wo- are woke. Right. And they say, no, I'm going to choose where I'm going to spend my money. And if you are allowing any kind of discrimination or harassment, in this case, it was sexual harassment at your organization that I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to play there. I'm not going to spend my money there. Now, I want to take another spin, the opposite side. So I, I know many people that are listening today are probably thinking, oh, my goodness, they're scaring, they're scaring me. I have to do something. You also want to do something because many employees worked somewhere else before, and they confuse law with the previous company's policies. Excellent So point. they. Or they cross state lines and they go, well, in my old company, if we did this, you know, even like PTO, whatever it might be, I'm entitled to this or I'm entitled to that. And you're like, no, no, no. That was your previous company's policy. We don't have that benefit here or we handle harassment differently here. And so you don't want employees to assume things are whatever way they are, because it usually doesn't work out in HR's favor. Uh, There are many, many harassment cases that I've dealt with too with clients that it absolutely 100% was not harassment. And if I wasn't involved or a lawyer wasn't involved, the employer is sometimes easy to write a check and say, okay, let me just write this employer employee a check and I want to go away. Um, and that's not good either because you've just admitted to harassment and discrimination when not, nothing actually happened. 
So you want to make sure that you are doing the training to protect yourself, to truly, truly, truly educate your employees and your managers on both sides. So to avoid harassment, but then to let people know that, hey, sometimes friendly teasing is not harassment unless it's based on XYZ categories that we mentioned and it affects your job. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. And to springboard from that, sexual harassment does not have to be sexy or provocative in nature. It can also consist of pranks, obscenities, or other abusive or bullying behavior, as long as the behavior is based on the person's sex. Something interesting to remember. Yeah, and that is, and then there's, so there's sex, you know, as in, uh, what do you I, uh, maybe identify with? So male, female, something else. Uh, there's you know sexual orientation. There's gender identity, and then there's the actual act of uh, dating and, and and sex. So the term sex has actually been um, expanded during the pandemic of all times. Like this was something new we had to learn during the pandemic. I, for one, think it was a long time coming and it was like, okay, finally you've expanded this to include sexual orientation, transgender status, gender identity. So I welcome it for sure, but it definitely has gone past people's radar because so many other things were going on during, during the pandemic, which unfortunately is still here. Okay, so real quick, what I wanted to talk about is things that are not sex-based. So let's talk about something like the ADA. So in the items that you mentioned, JC, disability was covered for discrimination and harassment as well. What that means is you cannot, and your managers cannot say, hey, I don't want to hire somebody in a wheelchair because it's going to be a little too complicated for me to do the train, for me to train them and hold them accountable. That's a huge, huge no-no. And you also don't want your employees to say, be making fun of somebody or say, I don't want to work with somebody who has a disability, mental disability or physical disability. There is, you know, Regard, I just mentioned COVID in the pandemic. Uh, a friend of ours just posted recently on LinkedIn some information, and it says that the U.S. Government Accountability Office estimates that 7.7 to 23 million Americans have developed long COVID. And the interesting thing about that, long COVID can hinder an individual's ability to work. According to the Department of Health and Human Services Secretary, Xavier Becerra, whose agency leads and coordinates 13 other federal agencies in response to long COVID. And long COVID refers to hundreds of possible symptoms, including chronic fatigue, muscle and joint pain, shortness of breath, and cognitive impairment. One thing that I wanted to mention on here, I literally just got off the phone call with a client um, right before we started this, and uh, they, they fortunately knew enough to call me first and, and knew that there was probably something not quite right. But a lot of people think that, oh, well, you know, I have this person and they're sluggish, they're fuzzy, they're not sharp, and they're still in their 90-day window. So I'm okay with letting them go if they have a disability or not. It's not going to be considered discrimination. Where's the, where's like the big button? Wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> the 90 days in most states 
I'm not an expert in every state, but the 90 day orientation period, the 90 day, you know, new hire period, I'm going to go with 95% of the time. The only thing that 90 days affects is unemployment. That's it. You still have to follow every single law, every single discrimination law, every other law, day one, day 50, day 90, day 100, yes. no matter what. So that 90-day window, there's still a new hire. They're in the orientation period. It doesn't matter. You cannot discriminate them against them for having long COVID, for example, um, or any other disability during that period. So please make sure you realize that that 90 days really doesn't mean a heck of a lot. It should, what it should mean is that you are actively having your new hires on a very intense training and orientation program and a feedback process. That's a, that's a real interesting point, just in general, right? When we're thinking about adverse employment action and uh, maybe not wanting to do things inappropriately, especially in the case of long COVID. What is the interactive process, Wendy, in regards to the ADA? So with the ADA, the interactive process has to be individualized for every single specific uh, situation. So even if you have two situations that they're like, oh, they're pretty similar. Maria yeah. over here has this going on. And, you know, John over here has this going on. And they're very similar. So I'm just going to copy and paste what I did for Maria. And I'm going to apply that to John. No, oh. no, no, no. Not good. Not good. Has to be individual. Now, we're not going to get into disability in uh, too detail today, because if you think the EEOC has a lot of information on their website for free, by the way, remember, we already talk about that or we already pay for this with our tax dollars. The ADA website and the Ask Jan Network, it's the Job Accommodation Network, so ASKJAN.org. Oh, it's so intense and has so much information for you to avoid any kind of disability discrimination. And you could write them and the EEOC as well and easily get answers. With that said, we're going to come back in a moment and I want to talk about a little bit more about uh, discrimination, but specifically, how do you prevent or stop harassment at your workplace as an employer? Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.